movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode Ty Dillinger 10, the perfect 10, although we are far from perfect here. We've got so many news topics today. I'm I'm excited to talk about some of these, although one, the main topic is with a very heavy heart to discuss, um, but before we get into the movie news topics, Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm, I'm chilling like a villain, man. I, uh, I've made the commitment tonight. Um, for those that don't know, I, I've been balding for a while. Uh, and I normally just take a, take a, you know, some clippers and just, you know, take it all the way down as far as I can. But tonight I went full stone cold and sh- like took a razor to it. And I'm, uh, I'm as clean as a, as a baby's butt right now. It's kind of weird. I don't know Thank how you. I feel about it. Thank you for that visual on this audio-only podcast. You're welcome. Well, (laughs) let's jump into the news and let's get the really tough one out of the way first. The big news is grabbing a lot of the headlines, and rightly so, is the unfortunate passing of legend Stan Lee. I believe he passed away Monday, I think is when we lost him, unfortunately, but the rallying of support has been phenomenal and what a life that guy lived we actually to be completely honest we had a completely different discussion and plan for the show but then without missing a beat as soon as we saw the news we're like no it's not right to talk about anything other than stanley and his legacy this week he meant a lot to us and to a lot of other comic book fans so that's going to be our main topic of discussion tonight is Marvel, just just Marvel in general and his and Stanley's impact. Um, but yeah, where were you, Josh, when you heard Stanley? Because I actually heard it from you. You your text yeah. that you sent me is when I heard. Yeah. So I was just at work, you know, doing work things, um, as you do when you're at work. Um and uh, I think because I, like, I work in a kitchen, right? And so I, I do a lot of things and I happen to be working the grill or whatever. And the the assistant general manager at my store is also a big nerd. And she like pop, pop, poked her head into the kitchen and was like, Josh, Stanley just died. And then popped out and left. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't, you can't just drop that kind of stuff and run away. No way. And so, like, I, like, stopped what I was doing, and I went out into the main main dining area, and I was like, hey, like, are you, is this for real? Because I remember a time, like, last year, when all those deaths were happening, somebody posted up a fake one of Stanley, and it, we were like, oh, no, and then it turned out to be fake, and we're like, okay, cool, he's, he's still alive. But then, so I was trying to, like, I didn't believe it, like, right off the bat. So I was, and then she was like, no, look, see, here's all these news stories confirming his death, and I was like, oh, well, yeah. that kind of ruined the day. Yeah, I saw the text from you. I also was at work where I don't typically like to check my phone unless I'm like changing music or podcasts while I'm working. So I saw that yeah. and I like surrounded by higher ups and I was just like, I got to express this, but I don't think everybody else is going to have concern. And I said, yeah. and actually like, I could tell people were like, why are you checking your phone? But then as soon as I said that, they're just like, oh, okay, that's a big enough piece of information that you can share with us. And you're kind of justified in checking your yeah. phone. And like, because yeah. I don't know, his appeal really reaches everybody. Everyone has a six degrees of separation with Stan Lee or some form of a connection to him. And yeah, we'll get more into our personal stories later, but yeah. he is a, he's like the modern Walt Disney in that everyone has a story and he has built this whole world that is beloved by millions. And we almost forget that he was 95. He, he just kept going and going. He was always in great spirits, always seemed very healthy. I think we just kind of assumed he'd be around forever. Yeah. Oh, and just... Yeah, he just kind of assumed that he, he's never going to die. And I think one of the things that has come from his passing that's been really cool uh, is a lot of people have just been like posting quotes 
of stuff that he has said over the years. And I think to me, like, that's like the perfect memoriam of just really like not forgetting that Stan Lee is, is, is always going, always going to be with us. Um, so two piece, two bits real quick about this, of, that, of stuff that I've seen. Uh, first one was a quote from him about how, uh, how he like at one point in his life was really hard on himself for all because all he did was make comic books right and he was like ah man like it really like hurts like hurts me that this is all i get to do and i'm not really making at the time a lot of money doing this but then somehow he saw that like at the end of the day no matter who who people are or what their job are job job is sorry they always come back to entertainment and so at through that he decided you know what no like this is totally worth it this is totally worth it worth it to tell stories to people because they will listen and at the end of the day that's what they want so and then the other one was just sad and like once uh the next um marvel movie comes out we'll be waiting the entire movie for a stanley cameo he, he filmed one. quite a few of his next cameos I I firmly believe I believe Avengers 4 will end with the it'll just say on the on black screen and white text for Stan Excelsior yeah. Yep and I'm not ready I will not be emotionally ready for that What the two things that I have taken away over the past few days is um you kind of hinted at it but um the unification that this kind of brought like um, fans across the board, Marvel fans, DC fans, movie fans in general, everyone is kind of rallying together. Be like, this guy was awesome. This guy did this in my life. Did this guy did this because of what he made? He did this, that, and the other thing. And I think that's so cool. And I, I was doing okay with his passing, of because I didn't know him personally, but his work has definitely impacted my life in a lot of different ways. But there's one that I almost broke down when I was like, no. And it was somebody made this fantastic meme of it's the end of Toy Story 3. And Andy is Stan Lee and Bonnie oh, is Kevin Feige. Yeah. And I've seen that. Stan Lee is um, giving all these um, Marvel characters over to. Kevin Feige, and I'm thinking the whole time, Woody Spider-Man, Woody Spider-Man, if that's the case, man, I'm going to break it, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose it, man, and sure enough, he gets to the bottom of the bin, just like in Toy Story 3, and instead of Woody, it's Spider-Man, he's like, oh, it's Spider-Man, how'd he get here, and this one means the most to me, so you gotta take good care of him, and I'm just like, oh, man, I, I was not ready for that, but it's so true, and I feel like, say what you will about the Marvel movies, I know we disagree on them from time to time, but... Kevin Feige, he's doing okay. He is he's the Bonnie of the situation. He's gonna take care of it. I think now more than ever, he he's gonna continue on this great legacy that Stan left behind for us. But us as fans have a responsibility to keep his vision of <laughs> vision of an ideal comic book world alive and just enjoy what he started and kind of forge our own paths as comic book fans and as movie fans to just try and make the world a better place like he did. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Well, the one meme that I saw that got me was um, Stan Lee was drawing at his drawing board and then slowly he breaks apart and drifts up off into the wind, like in the Infinity War. Yep, that <laughs> one too. But... Nope. Oh, I was not emotionally ready for that. Yeah, speaking of not emotionally ready, I think this will be one of the most emotional movies of next year by a wide margin. Toy Story 4 finally has its teaser trailer and some posters. Um, Before I delve into this, because I actually have a lot to say on this, Josh, what did you think about all this Toy Story 4 news that we got this week? All right, so I like the poster. I think it's very simple um and i like <clears throat> okay 
the the tease the first the original teaser with all with all, with everybody kind of dancing or whatever in a circle is very interesting. Uh, it doesn't really do much for me as far as telling me what the movie's about, but it's just a cheap teaser, so you know whatever we'll leave it we'll leave it be. Um, yeah, it just kind of like was like, hey guys, this is happening. Um, whether you like it or not. <clears throat> Because I thought three was the perfect perfect ending, and to keep all of everything that's coming from this movie, all of the the media from it from it is like this. This feels like the last one. And it's it like, will be, but I know. But three felt was like the tie off. I mm, mm, yeah, I feel the same way. I well, I did. However, I'm starting to turn around a little bit, and now I'm actually starting to get nervous for this movie. Not because I'm afraid it's going to be bad, but because I don't know if my body will be able to produce enough tears that this is going to require. Fair enough. Um, so, I'm going to touch on the, uh, what is it, the the Duck and Bunny? Oh, yeah, yeah, Key and Peele. Yeah, that was actually kind of like, it was really interesting, kind of fun. Uh, I think my one complaint is like maybe the the humor in it didn't quite. There was little bits and pieces that didn't quite feel like they were like Toy Toy Story esque. Yeah. I guess I don't know. So, maybe and maybe that's just because I haven't watched the Toy Story movie in forever. But still, I had I hadn't even thought about this until you just now brought it up with um, Ducky and Bunny. Um, what are the odds they become the new Buzz and Woody after this movie's done? Too, the, it's, the, the odds are too high. Because, okay. So, here's my overall thoughts on this. And I kind of actually have, as does this channel, have a connection strongly to Toy Story 4 in particular. Uh, Toy Story itself was the first movie I ever saw in theaters, so I will always have a very, very strong emotional attachment to Toy Story. But Toy Story 4 in particular, the first video I ever published on Uncharted Media back when, at the time, I think it was Movie Guy 17 or 17 Movie Reviews, whatever I had it named as Mm -hmm. at the time, my very first video ever, November 9th, 2014, I looked it up earlier this week, was Toy Story 4, Good Idea or Bad? And that was four years ago. And I was, I've just been like, are we getting no updates whatsoever? And everything that we've been getting news-wise out of this, not even plot-wise, but news-wise, has me very worried about how sad it's going to be. Like, both yeah. Tim Allen and Tom Hanks have come out and said that their final day's recording was highly emotional and that they couldn't even look at anybody else in the room because they were crying so hard. And I'm going, oh gosh, no. So what we do know plot-wise is four will see Woody and probably the rest of the gang on the hunt to find Bo Peep, who was absent from three. They didn't really give a reason. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Toy Story 4 ends with Woody leaving his friends and all the rest of the toys behind to live the rest of his life with Bo Peep. And that's where we have to say goodbye to Woody where the rest of the toys live on with Bonnie or possibly even a new owner, because it actually it's been eight years since Toy Story 3, so maybe Bonnie's grown up now. And oh, the toys okay. have to okay. stay behind, and Woody finds a new life. And the rest of the toys realize sometimes it's okay. You grow up and you move on, but your friends will always be with you. And Woody ends his story with Bo Peep. Which makes it, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Start it how start it how it began, um, and she's she's missing from two, isn't she? As uh, well? No, because remember she kisses Woody goodbye as they go to find Buzz. No, no, she kisses Buzz goodbye when they go to find Woody. You're right. You're right. But I'm seeing two in so long. I also think it'll end. If this is truly the last Toy Story movie, it'll end how it begins. Of The first movie opens um, with the cloud wallpaper and Woody popping up. Yeah. I think it'll end with Woody and the cloud wallpaper again. That'll be the final shot of Toy Story 4 will be that cloud wallpaper and Woody walking off into the sunset, more or less. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I, um, I'm still nervous. 
see, I don't think that Pixar will screw this up because they're going to put everything into it because it's Toy Story. This is the bread and butter, man. Like, this is the thing that started it all. Yeah, this is easily their most beloved franchise. Like, exactly. there's not a bad yeah. Toy Story. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, so I don't think they won't treat any of it with respect. I think they're they're really gonna treat all the entire all the lore, all of the fans with a lot of respect. I just, I they they're gonna have to show me, I guess, because you know my opinion matters. Um, <laughs> uh, that this is this one was worth making. Because I already cried like a little baby in the third in the third one. Oh, I still do, unashamedly. Oh, dude. Well, okay. So the third one came out when I graduated high school. So, like, my mom and I, as like our last kind of like mother son, you know, date thing before I, I, you know, was a big old college boy, uh, was go see Toy Story three. So both of us were just. Balling. It was great. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So if they say four is going to be more emotional than three, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Let's yeah, let's, no. let's transition away from heavy topics, shall we? Yeah, I'm down. Let's so talk let's Pokemon. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This trailer came out of nowhere. I forgot that they were doing this. So what Josh was referring to and this really did come out of nowhere. So we are getting a Detective Pikachu movie, which I kind of remembered we were getting, uh, with Ryan Reynolds voicing Pikachu himself. And I will go on record saying, no trailer this year has been more surprisingly pleasant than this trailer for Detective Pikachu. This thing was amazing. I had zero expectations, forgot that this movie was happening, and now this jumps to, like, super high on my priority list for 2019 of, I need to see this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, like, all of the... Just everything about this is so perfect. Because if you, if you haven't seen it, just go see the stinking trailer. What are you waiting for? It's, first off, aesthetically beautiful. Oh, just yeah. The, Those Pokemon look fantastic. The they, yeah, it would have been very easy to make them kind of uncomfortable looking. Uh, Mr. Mime kind of makes me uncomfortable a little bit, but I think they kind of make jokes about it to make you feel like, okay, I'm supposed to be uncomfortable by him. Um, but yeah, no, like I was impressed, like way impressed. Yeah. I didn't think Ryan Reynolds also would work for Pikachu. However, once he started talking, I was like, all right, I'm on board. This actually works. But to me... As someone that actually wasn't a huge Pokemon fan, I was more of a Yu-Gi-Oh fan and the diehard Yu-Gi-Oh fan at that. Um, it was so cool seeing live-action versions of Pokemon. Like I've, I'm familiar with the different creatures and the various Pokemon, like the really famous ones. I lost it when I saw Charizard. I was like, he's perfect. He looks so good. Oh my goodness. And Jigglypuff looks incredible. All the Bulbasaur's, like every, it just blows me away. And I think part of that's because I forgot this was happening. Yeah. And actually, we were joking about it at my work earlier today of how all of us are blown away from the trailer. And if this is supposed to be Detective Pikachu, what we would like to see kind of happen is kind of like a self-awareness to the movie of like, Maybe Team Rocket is the bad guy, and then when you find that out, it's like, well, who else would it be? Yeah, no, totally. Or like Mewtwo, or somebody, one of the really iconic characters. Well, I don't know if they'd do Mewtwo, uh, Mewtwo though. I don't know, maybe Mewtwo's a murderer or something, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Uh, I don't know, man. Well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, we don't really know anything much about the storyline. Yeah, well, my the only question I have coming out of this, will there be any cameos or references to Ash? Um, I think there will be because of the mention of, like, uh, that basically Pokemon trainers were a thing, or still are, or something like that, and, like, they do give mention to a little bit of hints to all the, the tournaments. So... I mean, I don't see why not. 
someone at my work suggested, and I hadn't even thought about this, and I don't think it'll be the case, but... So in the trailer, the boy is looking for his dad. How great would it be if his dad was Ash? Um, I'm going to flip that because of the main character's race. Yeah, that's what kind of shot us down. But imagine if, like, the end of the movie, it's like, hey, kid, good job. What's your name? Catch him, sir. And then you're just like, oh, he's got lineage. I see. Okay, but with that, I feel like that would that would bite some of the Pokemon people in, in the butt a little bit. That's why, yeah, like, to I'm me, I'm not saying like, he you, will you, or even is probably. I'm saying there's like zero chance he is even related to Ash. But I will say with 95 percent certainty, Ash will be mentioned or cameoed somehow in this movie. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, totally. You almost can't do it without mentioning him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's related to Brock in some way, shape, or form. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, because it's stated that Brock has all these brothers and sisters. <laughs> mm-hmm. But and yeah, technically, this... oh, do, we, do we have a name for this character yet? No. Okay. Uh, no, no, never mind. I was going to say, because it could be potential, because Brock doesn't have a dad either. So maybe this is Brock, but then again, at the same time, that the characters' personalities don't match at all. Yeah, we'll we'll have to find out. Like I said, this really jumped pretty high on my um, priority list. So I'm curious to see going forward, like if the other trailers will live up to this hype. If I'm, I don't know, I'm just really curious to see where this goes. Um, there's another trailer that dropped earlier today. That surprised the crap out of me because we did get a teaser trailer for this already. And that teaser trailer was hot garbage. And that is a movie called Fighting With My Family. I know a lot of you probably out there have no idea what this is about because it is a wrestling movie. Um, It is, but it isn't a wrestling movie. So it's a movie produced by WWE Studios. So for the first time in their lives, they may actually have a good movie. Um, It's essentially a true story about... Former wrestler Paige, who is now the SmackDown general manager, former wrestler Paige, who comes from this wrestling family, her journey to get into the WWE, it's produced by The Rock, directed by Stephen Merchant, who is also in the movie, and honestly, this looks like one of the best WWE movies they've made, like, about wrestling, ever. This looks really good and actually accurate to wrestling lifestyle. Yeah, see, what? so what I think makes this trailer so good and makes us have promise in it despite it being WWE. Because if you've watched any WWE produced movies, they're very, very close to hot garbage. Um, But I like it because it's not... First of all, this might be the first, like, non-action movie, non, like, uh, like, comedy, like Pacifier or whatever. That we hey, don't you be talking from... crap about the pacifier? No, 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 not pacifier. It's the one I'm looking at. I can see the poster in my head. It's the one with Triple H, and he's like the chaperone. Uh, yeah, the chaperone. That was trash. Um, but no, yeah, it's just like this is a very this is a, the first of its kind, kind of in a way. Um, and it's kind of cool that WWE has kind of gotten behind Paige on this. Because it would have been very easy, you know, given everything that Paige has gone through and has happened to her uh, in the last five years, it would be very easy for them to not support her on this at all. Yeah. Um, also, going up, piggybacking off that with Paige, the actress that they got to play Paige, holy crap, has she nailed the voice and the aesthetics. Oh, yeah. This girl looks and sounds just like Paige. Like, some of the other characters in the trailer, I could tell, are specific characters. Like, there's a couple shots of a character that is clearly supposed to be Charlotte Flair that doesn't really look like Charlotte Flair, but they got enough down of the costume that I could tell who it is. Um, There's a Sasha Banks in there. There's there's one cause of concern that I have in the trailer. um, Oh? Yeah. So, there's a shot towards the end where it looks like she's making her debut the night that she wins the Divas Championship against AJ Lee. 
Yes. Um, we we know our wrestling. Um, so the yeah, night Paige debuted agree. in 2014 was the night after Daniel Bryan won at WrestleMania 30. I, I know this time period really well because this is when I got into wrestling. Um, yep. In the trailer, it looks like the night that the movie's going to end with her winning the Divas Championship from AJ Lee. From the trailer, it looks like she's wrestling Nikki Bella, which mm. would really annoy the crap out of me if they have this movie end with her winning the Divas Championship from Nikki Bella, which she never did. She won the title off AJ Lee, yeah. like changing yeah. who she won it off of, and that's just a weird nitpick. The, I know an actress is playing AJ Lee in the movie, so I don't think it'll actually be end up being someone else. I just, I kind of yeah. want them to get it that part down right, and not just kind of be like it was some random opponent or that person that was on a reality show or whatever else. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's it just kind of really weird deal. editing in the trailer to make it seem like she wins the title off Nikki Bella. Oh yeah, so I almost I I would say that I don't think they'll end it there. But at the same time, I don't know where you would end it if it's not there. Because if not, then you've got to go all the way up to her retirement. Yeah, I think they finished filming almost all this. Like, this has been filmed in, in the can for a while now. And they yeah, kept getting yeah. pushed back back further and further. So I don't know if it's going to have any part of her. I still think temporary retirement. I don't think she's done forever. She's still, like, 24, 25, 26 so if she can oh, yeah. find good treatment, she may come back to actual wrestling. But um, I like that this will peel back the curtain of the wrestling world, which is often misunderstood for various different reasons by people that don't really know it. Wrestling, to me, it, it's more fascinating behind the scenes than actually what's on the camera, what's seen in front of an audience. And I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing this like behind-the-curtain approach from people Within the industry, the fact that Rock is so invested in this and he's producing the movie, to me, that's a good sign that he wants to like peel back the curtain and kind of pay it forward in the wrestling business, even if he's not willing to do it in the ring. Yeah. Well, and I, so I listened to the um, ENC podcast a lot. Um, I'm not caught up on it for various reasons, but um, they did an episode with Paige where she talks about this movie and how it was. It was dead in the water for some time. And they couldn't get really any traction on any of it. And then somehow Rock got a hand on the script and was like, this is awesome. Let's do it. And like, has been full steam ahead ever since then. So, right, yeah, like... Rock is incredibly invested. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, uh, I think it's February now. So, I went from zero interest to, yeah, I'll probably check this out. I, I'm really curious to see if they can successfully pull this off. Um, now, for something entirely different, but not at all surprising, we are getting a Pacific Rim anime series coming to Netflix to which I just go yeah that's a logical step because Pacific Rim more or less already is an anime well yeah I agree it's <laughs> I think okay so I sometimes I feel like I'm I'm in the major, my, minority here you don't like Pacific I, Rim do you bro I love Pacific okay Rim. okay Good. Everybody that I have ever talked to hates hates on it all the time. Really? I think it's in, I think it's a lot of fun. And they're like, it's just a big robots fighting big aliens. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, but it's done well. What else do you want? Well, the first one was. <laughs> yeah. But um, I I agree though. It's the next logical step. As much as I would like to see another one and see it done well in live action. Making well, an anime of it makes sense. In a perfect world, this wouldn't be an anime series. It would be another movie where they fight Godzilla and King Kong in a triple threat match. <laughs> ah, no holds barred. Dude, I'm never giving up hope on that because they're by, they are run by the same studio. They're still owned by Legendary and Warner Brothers. Please. I, 
Maybe <laughs> even that's how you bring in Mecha Godzilla is using the Jaeger technology. But that would be cool. I've 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 thought way too much about this because I love Pacific Rim. But yeah, um, I'd be very curious to see how they do this and what age demographic it'll be reached for. It will be more of the kids, more of the young adults, more of our adults. Regardless of the age demographic, I will absolutely be checking it out to see how it is. Doesn't necessarily translate to it'll be a good show, but I'll absolutely give it a try because I love Pacific Rim, at least the first one, and just yeah. the possibilities that it opened up. And I'm I'm still disappointed that it didn't do better, that we couldn't have got a sequel sooner and maybe got a better sequel. But yeah. That it's in the past now, and I still thoroughly enjoy the first Pacific Rim, and I kind of want to dive back into that world to see what other stories we can tell. Well, um, I agree, and it, it would be interesting if they could use this opportunity to tell us more about the aliens. Yes. Um, transitioning, I'll lump our next two stories together because they're essentially on the same platform. We yeah. first up have. Pedro Pascal has been cast as the lead in the upcoming Disney Plus, now the name of the Disney streaming service, Disney Plus, series The Mandalorian. Um, cool. And then the other part of this is Cassian Andor, the gen- the rebel leader from Rogue One, is also getting his own spinoff show on Disney Plus. One of these things I'm far more excited about than the other. Josh, can you guess which one? I'm- uh, The Mandalorian? Of course, because screw Rogue One. <laughs> I mean, okay, hold on. Hold on, alright? I need you to pump the brakes a little bit. Because... Except for K2SO. <sighs> okay, listen. The character they're doing with, I that they're going with on this. I like him a lot. And I think some of the stuff that he hints at that he's been through in Rogue One, despite your feelings on the movie, which I still enjoy, um, I think could have a lot. It could be a lot of fun to go to watch. Could have like a like a like a. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot already off the off the get go, but it could have a Han Solo vibe to it. Not the Solo movie, but a Han Solo vibe to essentially what to Solo it. should have been. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm like. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, that is my only concern with this Cassian Andor show. Is um, we could spend more time with this character. That's totally fine. Maybe it'll help make Rogue One a little bit better for me. My worry is that it will get soloed. Of hey, he wasn't actually a bad guy this whole time. Just misunderstood. Like make no doubt about it. In Solo, Han Solo is a good guy. So it kind of nerfs his appearance in. A New Hope and his story arc a little bit of, no, when we meet him in A New Hope, he's definitely a bad guy that's willing to yeah. kill people. Same thing with Cassian. He straight up murders several people. I don't want him to get turned into, oh, he's he's a good guy that does good things like Disney is prone to do of kind of retcon yeah, characters so they're more family friendly. I, I want this to be a pretty hard PG-13R show of, this dude has done bad things to start a rebellion, and the rebellion is not black and white. There's some gray area. Yeah. I want to see more of that, but I don't know if we'll get it. Pitch it, pitch it like a blacklist type show. Yes. A lot of p- political intrigue, a lot of like line blurring of, of good, like at the core, yeah, he's a good dude. But at the but he does some things to get his point across and to get the rebellion to a place where it can actually make some headway that are really shady and yeah uh, it could work it really could work. Um, as far as the Mandalorian thing goes, um, their lead I uh, I could go either way on. Honestly, yeah, I'm, I'll be curious yeah. in a few months to reevaluate it. So I say that because. Right now, this guy is mostly known for Game of Thrones, which we'll talk about here in a second. But I'm having my eye on him because he's actually in Wonder Woman 1984 coming out next year. Now, the rumors are, um, spoiler alert, maybe? Again, this is just a rumor. So if you don't want any spoilers whatsoever on Wonder Woman 1984, tune out for a couple minutes. There's rumors that this actor is actually playing a human version of Hades, and he's actually how Steve Trevor's coming back to life, which makes me very curious. 
Um, that makes sense. And honestly, that kind him specifically, I could totally see him playing that kind of character. Yeah. So my opinion on him as the lead, um, I haven't seen him in enough stuff to properly gauge whether yeah. it's a good decision or a bad decision. I'll reserve judgment for how he does in Wonder Woman, more or less, I think, as the bad guy, besides Cheetah, um, potentially as Hades. So, yeah, I don't really... I don't know. I'm still really excited for The Mandalorian just because I think it's a good concept and also not making the same mistake as Cassian Andor series, not setting it between episodes three and four. For the love of all that's good in the Star Wars universe, can we please get out of that time window and move on to literally yeah. any other time period? Yes. So, the which is... <laughs> and this is probably just me being just a nerd and wanting what I want. Um... They're going with after Return of the Jedi yes. time period for Mandalorian, and I would have preferred <laughs> to go back in time, way before uh, the the first Star Wars movie, and do the Mandalorian Wars. But whatever, I'll just sit here and pout and enjoy the show when it comes out. Well, speaking of wars, for our last news topic today, before we get into the general discussion. It's not movie news, it's TV news. Game of Thrones is coming back for its final season. That That's not news. What is news is it f- officially has a return date of April 2019, which actually, to me, is sooner than I was expecting. Yes, it's like a whole two years since the last episode or so aired, I, th- I think, but I was kind of expecting it at the tail end of 2019. I... I can't remember the last time I watched Game of Thrones, but I'm more than caught up. Like, I watched it in college with some buddies. Um, so I'm more invested in to see how it ends and how many people die more than anything else. That being said, sure, bring it on. I'm really curious more to see this final fight that they keep hinting at that's like the biggest fight in TV or movie history. Yeah, I don't care. up until a certain point and I'm trying not to you know drop any spoilers but once a certain brat kind of makes his exit I was like that's all I needed from the show so <laughs> I haven't really watched well, since more then. Brats. I, I know which brat you're referring to, but there are other brats yes. that ascend to I'm be even brattier. I am, I'm aware, and I don't care. <laughs> I got what I needed for the show. I'm done. Goodbye. I, I, and even then, like I, I wasn't a big fan of the show because they, they're like, hey, like it's this mystical world, but. Really, not a lot of like really mystical stuff kind of happens. It's more supernatural, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I just dragons. It's... Yeah, is and demon babies. Well, yeah, that that too. Um, but yeah, yeah, I... yeah, no, yeah, no, don't don't. I'm not gonna let anybody forget that that happened because every nobody's like nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> well, I think that about covers it for news topics today and i have this week's sponsorship before we get into our main discussion this episode is sponsored by pop figures to which i have far far too many oh that's good i mean so you have pop pop uh pop figures like i have fat (laughs) i don't know do you have over 50 of them probably honestly jeez Fat, like fat cells or fat pounds? I don't know. Either way, I think we're closing in on 50 when it comes to pop figures. So this episode is sponsored by Pop Figures. I now, have, a, our, I have a, 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 red, a Red Ranger in my car that I put on my dashboard. We have a Red Ranger, proudly. Mm, I do. And it's OG Ranger, not the new one. Even though I, I do love the new, the new designs and stuff, I just I like the old one. It looks cooler. Oh, yeah. Our Red Ranger pop figures OG, too. What else would we do? Um, exactly. But, yeah. So, originally, our discussion today was going to be best uh, combat sports movies in preparation for Creed 2. However, due to the passing of Stan Lee, we are just like, nope. Let's talk about the great man's legacy. So, 
this is just going to kind of be a general Marvel discussion of like our fondest memories with the franchise of Marvel, any of the characters, any Stanley yeah. stories we may have. For me, it's mainly going to be Spider Man stuff because yeah. to me, Spider Man will always be my guy. Spider Man was my first superhero, really. I had Batman the Animated Series that was on every day at 4 30 after the Adams Family on Cartoon Network. But if it wasn't that, it was the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, and that was that was my gateway drug into superheroes to start off with. That, yeah. I, much like you, um, I wasn't... Well, sorry. Memory phrase. Not a lot like you. My first uh, kind of t- taste of Marvel was in comics. And... Like my so my uncle uh, is a huge comic like boxes on boxes on boxes of comics that he has at his house. <laughs> yep. So I'm sure um, I don't know what that's like as the proud over owner of like 800 comic books. Yeah, exactly. So I I unfortunately had to due to some financial issues had to get rid of a good t- good chunk of them. But anyway. Said uh, I was uh, I'm much like my spirit animal, uh, Nick Cage, in that way. Um, <laughs> but so he, I was like, yeah, I saw him reading a comic, and I was like, wow, what is that? And he's like, it's a comic book. You would like these, actually, probably. Here, let me go get one that you might enjoy. And he went and he got got it and handed me the uh, uh, the first issue of Spider Man the the Unlimited series uh, arc. Of, of storytelling. So my first comics that I ever read were was that unlimited arc. So the one that, that <laughs> the, the Andrew Garfield series is based off of. Um, ultimate? But ultimate. I'm sorry. I obviously, you know, I remember so much. Um, but yeah, the ultimate Spider-Man was the first one that I, I grew up with. So yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And then after that, it was Spider-Man. Uh, it was, Wolverine <laughs> got really into Wolverine. Um, that makes sense. If anybody knows Josh personally, his love of Wolverine, that that actually makes a lot of sense for your personality yeah. and for your height. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why I've been trying to get Tom Hardy. I've been, I have been waving that flag that Tom Hardy needs to be the next Wolverine, but I don't think that'll ever happen. No, um, now that he's Venom, successfully? <laughs> question mark? Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, but yeah, a lot like you in that way though. Spider-Man was my gateway and I have early memories of watching the, uh, I want to say the 1980s animated, um, show. The nineties, nineties. Well, no, 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 no. The one before that, that like had a very like Batman 66. <gasps> oh, um, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yes. With, that was um, the first one the show Firestar and Iceman. Yes, and oh, the dude, the Green Goblin, his uh, his little glider sounded like an old Oldsmobile from like the nineteen like nineteen twenties. It was oh, it was the funniest thing in the face of the planet. Um, but yeah, no, I'm yeah, I'm about there, right up there with you on how I got into the biz. It actually kind of blew my mind the day that I realized. That that old Spider-Man cartoon where he teams up with those other two people, it's by the same people that did Scooby-Doo. That doesn't surprise me at all. Looking at their production <laughs> values, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Production-wise, they have I mean, not again, aged well, either of those shows. No, no, like Scooby-Doo, but yeah. no, no. I like, And I saw it at, like, a sleepover at a friend's house. And he was like, "Hey, you guys want to see something really funny?" And put that, put that on. So we like, we were sitting there at like two in the morning, uh, like in middle school or something, like laughing our heads off because <laughs> Green Goblin's glider sounds like it's farting its way across the screen. <laughs> Is it that one or the animated series? Animated series before that that gets all the fantastic memes where it has that great yeah, um, voiceover. Yeah, oh, I'm pretty sure it's that one. If I'm remembering the art correctly. Yeah, um, going off Spider-Man. Um, there's a great moment that I always read in the comics that 
I crossed my fingers and I hoped one day, one day we'd get it in a Spider-Man movie. Um, besides Spider-Man Venom Carnage Triple Threat match, um, there's one moment in particular that I read time and time again in the comics that I hoped to see on the big screen, and we finally did in Homecoming, and that was one of the most profound, like, emotional moments for me in a superhero movie I can ever think of because it was something that I wanted to for a really, really long time, and it just made my heart so happy to see it because, to me, it was Spider-Man personified, it was a superhero personified, and it's the scene where... um. Peter Parker, because it's it's not Spider-Man in this scene, it's it's Peter Parker, gets flattened by the building that um, Vulture more or less drops on him. And so he gets that voiceover from Iron Man, who I thought was going to be a bigger presence in Homecoming, but he was perfectly used. He gets this voiceover of, if you can't have the suit, no, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it, which echoes this great scene in the comics where Peter... Um, is flattened under this big machine that Doc Ock dropped on him. And Aunt May's in the hospital with, I think, either high fever or cancer, something really serious, and he thinks he's going to be trapped under this machine and die. Um, And Aunt May will die because he wasn't there to help in time. And, And they echo it perfectly in the movie with, like, Peter being flattened. And in this moment, you don't see him as a superhero. You see him as a kid, which is the reason why I think me, along with millions of other people, latched onto this character that Stan Lee created because at his core, he's a kid. He's one of us. He's a person. He struggles more than anybody. He's he's the most human superhero there is. Yes, he's got all these great powers, but he's human. He's got struggles. The new Spider-Man game does that fantastically of some of the worst crap that he has to go through has nothing to do with what he's doing with the Spider-Man suit on. It's all his personal stuff. And in the scene, he's flattened, he's dejected, he's defeated, and he's crying out for help because he's essentially this 16, 17-year-old kid who thinks he's going to die. And he doesn't have his mask or anything, and you hear that great, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. And he's just like, come on, Spider-Man, come on, Spider-Man. The music swells. Not only does it swell, but it's that classic Spider-Man. Do, 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 do. And he lifts up the thing. I'm not going to lie. That was the biggest reaction I've ever gotten, possibly in any Marvel movie ever, because that, to me, was the perfect Spider-Man moment that I've always wanted, because Spider-Man means so much to me. And that was the scene that really, to me, is like, this is why we love heroes and this is why we love Spider-Man because he's, I don't know, it's just hard to describe, but it it's Spider-Man and it's it oozed that classic Stan Lee Spider-Man, especially of throwback, but still current to anybody watching. And it, yeah, yeah I'm going to ramble on this scene all day, but. Uh, It it really means a lot to me that Spider-Man Homecoming in general just means a lot to me because it it felt like the Spider-Man cartoons that I grew up on just in a new version. Yeah, I get that. And I'm still waiting for my certain Wolverine moments to happen for me, but I I, I got versions of them in in Logan, but there's a, a comic I used to have that was like a single issue that was really good and I could never find what what series it was a part of, but it was the first, like first comic I ever owned. Cause my uncle was like, you seem to really like Wolverine here, take this. And I was like, all right, thanks man. <laughs> but like in it, uh, it's Wolverine. They find a, um, basically a warehouse that like some kind of signals coming from that in Canada, that Wolverine's kind of like, you know, that classic, storyline for him that he's always looking for his past mm-hmm. always looking trying to learn more about who he was and so he's getting bits and pieces of memory back through help through um charles helping him out and so they find but they get this signal from this warehouse and so they all go out and like jubilee is is in the is in the plane and she's calling him wolvie and it makes me uncomfortable and all this fun stuff because she's like 19 and he's close to 200 years old and but um 
he like basically goes down here to this warehouse and somebody has set it up to house every single major memory he's ever had of, of like a lot of, of everybody from before the X-Men. So like silver, he's got something in there with silver Fox. He's got some memories in there with saber tooth and stuff like that. Like, and then he's got memories of oh, man. What is his name? I forget. He's got a claw for a hand. And his name wasn't important, but um, he's the one pulling all the strings. Uh, but he's just like constant going through this entire section of the warehouse. That's just he's faced with not just like the polarizing tough moments but also the good ones and like to see for him to realize, man, like I've, I've been through a lot of pain, but like I've, I've been through a lot of good too. So he's going through all these moments and um, he comes to this giant door. And for those who know the, the, um, the Logan lore, um, the robot Shiva comes out to, to kill him. This is like almost four or five pages of him just fighting this robot and it's because the robot can put itself back together. So obviously you know, two self healing things going, going back to back, going at each other is very entertaining, but it, you get this. It was the first time I had seen a character with his back, legitimately with his back against a wall with literally no hope of being able to get out of this ever, you know, seemingly nonstop struggle. And literally, he just goes, you know what? Well, I've cut up, cut cut off all the these you know ligaments and stuff like this. Well, let's just shred you. How about that? And just literally cut cuts every piece off and just shreds the entire robot. And it doesn't get back together. And he's like, well, that was interesting. Well, I didn't find what I wanted here. And just like gets up and leaves. And it's just, it was just, I don't know. It, there's moments with for me with Wolverine that he he's not just this dude that <clears throat> has all these cool and again this is a theme I think you and I have seen in Marvel and as much trash as I talk about their movies it's still it's in their movies as well is these characters aren't just superheroes they're people that happen to have powers they go through stuff and for me, I and those who know me probably aren't that surprised of how attached I am to Logan because of the struggle that he, he goes through. I think um, you brought it up earlier with the memories. It makes me think of one of my favorite X-Men scenes. And it actually, um, it's not in Logan, although... That's just another realm of amazing right there. It's actually in Days of Future Past, which I think is my second favorite X-Men movie after Logan. But it's um, when Charles Xavier is at his lowest point and, um, um, and Logan more or less grabs him and he's just like, hold me so you can see my memories. And Professor X is seeing all the stuff that um, Wolverine has gone through, all the crap that he's been through. And he's just like, there's so much pain there's so much suffering here how can anybody live through all this pain and wolverine's just like but there's so much hope there's so much good in here too and it's all because of you and then because of that he gets the power back on mm-hmm. and it that's it's just such a good moment it really is it like i think the x-men in general you can say what you want about it. it was just a it's just a political cartoon you know like it's just all, i mean we understand it's not just but about a political cartoon when it, the world needed it most honestly oh yeah when it came out it was needed like we think stuff is bad now like it's a, a lot of politics has come a long way and i x-men will also always have a place in my heart the comics, anyway. And really, the TV show, too, though. Oh, yeah. The original animated one is one of the best animated movies, animated shows of all time. And I, you can actually make the case that X-Men, 
they may not be addressing it a whole bunch with the newer movies in terms of like the yeah. political subtext is, but X Men are more are just as relevant now as they were when they were first created. Honestly, in the climate oh, yeah. of the world today. Oh yeah, I completely agree. And I think that has always been the thing. Again, these are people under the, with superhero with superpowers. They're going through so much. Like the um some something I I was reminded of the when looking up stuff for the Cloak and Dagger show because I'd read uh, I'd they'd appeared in different comics that I'd seen but I didn't know much about them. Um, and just how these two characters legitimately can't live without each other. Like there's moments where they don't like each other, like legitimately don't like each other and but they have to figure out a way to coexist because if they don't, they they cease to exist. So it's just yeah, it I think and that's always something that Marvel specifically, let's just go ahead and say Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, the, they they have done very well with Marvel and giving us these stories that are very personal and they're not necessarily as much as I love, love DC. They're not about stories of godlike characters figuring out how to be human. Yeah. Um, and just you saying that kind of makes me think something I never really thought about with Marvel, but the more I think about it, it's so true. What Stan Lee did with the Marvel characters, what he did with these um, stories that he told, it's more or less the modern equivalent of Aesop's fables. They're stories oh, yeah. with a message. Like the X-Men are absolutely a subtext for other things. But then you also have Spider-Man, who is essentially just trying to be a good person. And it's morals, it's values. DC, absolutely, they still have that. But I don't know if they they are do as much as Marvel does of more or less telling these morality stories and the way that Stan Lee would go about them of make it for all generations to love and endure and pass on to their kids. Absolutely. And so if we're going to talk about like a tat stuff that we were attached to, um, let's go ahead and start bumping over here to, to the movies. Um, one of the closest memories I have with my dad is the Fantastic Four versus the Silver Surfer. That Which movie could have been is... a lot worse. People seem to think it's one oh, of the worst dude, of all yeah. time. I don't think it's that bad. Oh, no. It, it, this, it's actually quite enjoyable. Especially I enjoyed when you, that like... one more than the first Fantastic Four. I still think oh, Silver yeah. Surfer is probably the best of the Fantastic Four movies. None of them are good, but that one's probably the best of the bunch. Yeah, exactly. But I have memories of seeing Silver Surfer with my dad of just, like, seeing this super cool characters. I mean, they screwed Galactus up, but whatever. Um, but it was just... there's. I've got a lot of memories with these Marvel movies. And maybe it's because DC really hasn't done much as cinema-wise, but at the same time, like, they're as much... Again, I'm going to say this a lot, because I, I do. I talk a lot of trash about Marvel movies, specifically Disney Marvel movies. Um, and sometimes I think it's warranted, but at the end of the day, they're a lot of fun and they're really good popcorn flicks and they're movies you can share with your kids. Like you, like you said earlier, it's because of the morality, like these characters are and should be learning something. It's one of the reasons why I have issues with civil war is because they, nobody learns anything at the end. Yeah. The comic, (laughs) they do. That was the comic, they do. That's why, yeah, I completely oh, yeah. agree with some of your um, statements about the movie of Civil War of, like, they could have gone a little further of making it... It was very much a you side with Captain America type of thing. Of They didn't really do a good job of making you see both sides of the problem. Yeah. But, I yeah, there's still a morality thing with both the comic and the movie of Silver, Civil War. Um, yeah, Marvel they've always told these great stories that clearly last. And even the ones that don't people still remember because of the fan base. Take for example, the clone saga with Spider-Man. That's, that's considered to be one of the worst Spider-Man stories of all time, but people still remember it because Spider-Man means a lot to them. Exactly. Uh, so something I want to talk about, um, is the, that 
has never been done before and will probably never be duplicated ever again is the build to the first Avengers movie. Yeah. We'll never be able to top that ever. No, ever. Because like, uh, and part of that is just because of how oversaturated the market is now. And part of that is just because now you can't duplicate it because you've seen it. But same time, like Iron Man one came out and first of all, it's Iron Man. And before, you know, don't let anybody tell you Iron Man was not a popular hero. Exactly. Before, he was a B-lister. Oh dude. And somehow that, cause the first one is so good. It's so entertaining. And you're like, oh, that was fun. That's cool. That was a, that was a good time. That was a good time. And then all of a sudden, they start building a world out of nowhere. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. So you're telling me you're going to connect everything? So. And then all of a sudden, the first Avengers movies happens. And it's just, oh, it's, it, was, it was such a good, that, that iconic scene, that circle shot of them, mm. to, like, the end of the movie that is it's literally one of the best shots ever of them getting ready to get 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 going you know like it's just yeah so you want to know something ironic um yeah i have a crap ton of old 80s and 90s comic books that i got from my uncle um Growing up, I was a huge Marvel fan. I still like them. I just don't know nearly as much about them as I do the DC universe, unless it's something Spider-Man related, because I never lost touch with Spider-Man. He's my he's my dude. Um, but I had different phases, and so I have a crap ton of Marvel comics. I hate Iron Man. I will say that now. I really loved the first Iron Man movie, but since then, the character of Iron Man has kind of gone, taken several big steps back for me, and he's really become this unlikable guy. Um, that being said, I would not be surprised in the slice if I have over 100 Iron Man comics and probably over 100 Captain America comics. I have oh, a yeah. whole bunch of the classics. The I just like going back sometimes and just looking, flipping through, not even necessarily knowing the overall story arc, but just flipping through some of these old comic books for hours on end, just seeing some of the cool artwork, some of the storytelling, seeing what was going on at the time with these characters and seeing what the universe that Stan Lee had created, what was going on at the time. And even then, like, I may not have known what the story was, but it was it's still cool to, it's, to physically have a piece of Marvel history, essentially, which is essentially what comics are, is a piece, it's a snapshot in time of a given story, of a certain universe, and that, to mm-hmm. me, is one of the best things about comics that I always love so much. No, I agree. And, you know, the, the the Marvel Universe now has taken on a whole other life on its own. And I think the comics aren't as popular now because you have the movies and for certain reasons. And well, you can argue... The Marvel about, comics, about, I think, aren't you know, as popular because they're not good. Yeah, they're not as good anymore. Um, DC, so they're, they're, crap, kinda, they're crapping on all fronts except the comics. Yes. Actually, no. Well, they're doing well, well on no, everything except their movies. Yes. That was always, that's always been the joke for me is people can talk all the crap about DC's movies all they want. That's fine. But check out the other media that they do. Like video I love games, how we can't check. Get, We've got like four or five yeah. successful shows on the CW. Whether or not you watch them, that's up to you. But make no mistake, they're all highly successful. The animated stuff oh, yeah. is good. That's been going continuously since Mask of the Phantasm. Video games, we destroy Marvel at, except for Spider-Man, which wasn't even really a Marvel entertainment game. It was an Insomniac game, but that's another issue. But, yeah, DC actually does well, except for the movies. But Marvel, Marvel's got the movies on lock because they put in time and effort, and it's paid off well. Marvel movies are fun. Well, and it kind I think that it did to their credit that it came out of nowhere for the most part. It, it came really, out of that, necessity. That, they they made Iron Man because they absolutely had to because they were about to be even more broke than they already were. Oh, no, yeah, totally. Which is but why the they cast time. a B-list actor at the time with Robert Downey Jr., who was more or less coming off a big drug binge. Like, yeah, no, no one wanted just to touch Robert Downey Jr. with a 10-foot pole. Oh, yeah. Like, fresh out of rehab. Like, it was his first movie back at, onto the scene, man. And he crushed it. <laughs> he is Iron Man. 
It's it really he really is. Oh. To me, every actor can be replaced in a given role, except for like maybe two or three people. Almost all of them that I can think of off the top of my head are Marvel characters. I think you can yes. have a new Iron Man. It just can't be Tony Stark because that is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And I think you can have a, another Captain America, but it, it can't be Rogers because that's Chris Evans. Um, yeah. And then the other Marvel character that I'm like, it is absolutely impossible to recast them. J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. That, yeah, I agree. No that's one gonna... is J. Jonah but J.K. Simmons. All right. That's going to happen eventually. Though. I it's don't know, happen. man. I could see Marvel bringing him back, actually. Uh, yeah. I mean, his character in Whiplash is basically J.K. Simmons just as a jazz teacher. <laughs> yeah, essentially. But, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see, man. The, the, the sky is the limit for them. As long as they play their cards right and not oversaturate the market and that's fine. Like, we'll, we'll be good. Yeah, I, I think so. I think Stan Lee left behind an amazing legacy, um, incredible decades upon decades of work that influenced not just Marvel, but DC as well. Did a lot of fantastic things for the comic book world, and for millions around the world, and... We are so indebted to everything that he did. I'll never be able to thank him enough for the characters that he created, for the stories that he told, for the universes that he built. Um, but try my best from one fan to the creator, Stan Lee. Thank you for everything that you did. You gave this guy hours upon hours of hope and joy with Spider-Man and many other characters. And for that, I can never thank you enough. You will be sorely missed. No, completely. But his legacy definitely lives on. Josh, you got anything else you want to add to the table before we bring this home? No, not at all. I I will say, um, I like how I said not at all. Now I'm going to say something. Um, (laughs) I will say I'm, I'm a little mad at Stan because I was really looking forward to our other topic of, of, uh, combat sports movies because we'll get that there. is that's we'll get my there. Yeah, that is totally my niche um but yeah we'll, we'll get there but uh, as always it's always a pleasure my friend well i think that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the uncharted media podcast if you like what you hear on whatever channel you're listening to this on be sure to subscribe so you can make sure you always get the latest episodes and as always, if you like what you see and want to see more, be sure to check us out also on YouTube at uncharatedmedia.com slash whatever, whatever. I'm losing my words here because I'm just too distracted, I guess. But Stan Lee, rest in peace. Stay sharp, movie guys and gals. And remember, Excelsior. <laughs>